All right, guys, here we go. A super exciting episode of the Nordies podcast. The Vikings are now 1-5 after getting absolutely trounced. Um, but that's okay because we've got lots of hot takes here for you guys. We're going to be talking about all different sports. We're going to be breaking it down once again. Here we go, Nordies podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Uh, okay, pretty good. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Happy to be here with you guys. Lots to talk about in the world of sports. I would be doing even better if our Minnesota Vikings hadn't fallen to one and five. One and, and five, you say? And I spent a lot of my time watching the Vikings today thinking to myself, wow, I'm really wrong about sports a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you're not an expert, then there are no experts. I think here. that my problem is is that I am too emotionally connected to teams to bet. That's why I don't bet. Mm-hmm. Like I like bet with my reputation, like on a podcast. But like my problem is, is I always think that the Vikings. But what's that worth, really? Nothing. I always think the Vikings will win or are better than they should be. I always think the Packers will be worse than they should be. You know, like I just am always. Is wrong. Just because bet outside of, the division. I think, I, and you'll be okay. I just need to like bet only on teams that I don't like or dislike. I just want to bring up one thing. Um, I am already eliminated. My prediction for the season is already not possible. Who is they're going to win twelve games? Oh, <laughs> well. Can we just go quickly? I mean, I shouldn't embarrass myself this badly, but if I want to brag when I get things right. Like, if I want to be like, yes, we should have traded Carl Anthony Towns for Luka Doncic, and I did say that on the that podcast. That wasn't even on the table. You just said that you were for it, and we were against it. And I, said, I guess that counts or something. Well, no, just that... It's like it was on the table. At the time, there was a lot of talk about Towns reuniting with Booker in um, Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, right. Phoenix. With yeah, the number yeah. one pick, they took um, Aiton, and I'm sure they would have traded it for Towns in a second if we would have offered him. And then we could have drafted my guy Luka Doncic, was right about it, should have done it. Okay. But... If I do the opposite, my picks for the final four teams this year in the NFL is about as bad as it gets. <laughs> I have the Chiefs still alive. Okay. They're my Super Bowl champs. I had them beating the two and three New England Patriots. Uh, yep. I had the Dallas Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. Wow. Who lost Dak and have, what, two wins. And I had them beating the one win San Francisco 49ers. Well then, how things have changed. <laughs> but honestly, you know, you watch, you consume a lot of professional sports content as well. These opinions are not made in a bubble. Um, a, a lot of people were very wrong about how this season was going to go. <laughs> that's the best part about the NFL, though. It is so hard to predict who's going to be good, and that's the magic of the league. Who it thought is. that at this point Tennessee would have beaten the Chiefs and was undefeated and had battled COVID severely? And it's great. It's a great story. You know, there just are cool teams every year, and that's why we love the NFL. So, hashtag parody. Yeah, before we dive deep into some great sports takes, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at NordEast Podcast. Also, subscribe on Podbean Podcast app, Spotify, Amazon, whatever other places. I don't even know. Uh, All of them. We're on every one of them. Give us that five-star review, that five-star rating, and tell some friends about the NordEast Podcast. We could always use your help, and we would really greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Hell yeah. I just stopped trying the other one. I don't even know what it is. It's Audible. Audible. Will, I, don't, I can't get that. I don't know who... Ha- I mean, if you're into audiobooks, yeah. Fire it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
Fire up the opposite of an audiobook. <laughs> right. Three idiots. <laughs> exactly. All right, so what beer are we drinking here? It's going to be a really interesting one. All right, so these are our friend's prize. Um, great spot on the river. Great spot. In Minneapolis. I love that. You can park there, and they have a guest kitchen, and it's amazing. And they have a, oh, their beer is getting better and better. Um, this is like a crazy big dessert stout. It's called um, Out of out of bounds i think it's so they released it and it's got stroopwafel stroopwafel do, do you guys know what stroopwafel is yeah it's like a thin pancake wrong with like i mean the waffle yes with like caramel in between two yeah. of them and it's like hot yeah they're like delicious cookies yeah, you like put them on top of your coffee and then they get hot well the state fair the, one of the new state fair stands r.i.p state fair this year yeah. um had it was that like dessert taco place okay but they were using like stroop waffles oh that's perfect it's like the choco taco because then you they they had savory ones too so you could get like turkey and cheddar but it never it never came to fruition yeah they had it oh they did i had we i I had a dessert one like a banana nutella one or something like that it was good um so this is like it's like a big sweet beer and when i i already cracked a crawler of this earlier and i needed to split it i needed to share it with as many people as i could find because it's a little sweet what do you guys think yeah i agree it's like a port wine like yeah. where you just like I just need a just a little sample. Of this I'm guy. really happy to have it. Um, I'm glad that it doesn't come in cans. Right. Yeah. A fun crawler beer is perfect to split with three or four people. Fun beer to have with friends. Agreed. Yeah. All right, guys. Lots to talk about, but uh, topic A as always is our Minnesota Vikings. Um, they looked so damn good for most of the game last week. They were truly impressive playing on the road. Uh, against the 12th manless Seattle Seahawks and uh, Russell Wilson. They lose a game of inches in that one. It was a lot of fun to watch. The Vikings were the better team for like 44 minutes mm-hmm. of that yeah. game. And then there was like the three-minute window in the second half and then the last. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> this one um, was not fun no at all uh this was unacceptable considering that the falcons had to close down shop for covid in the middle of the week and they still fired their coach absolutely oh yeah they fired their coach i was gonna say maybe a bigger deal was that uh, they have a new interim head coach and then they absolutely piss pounded us at home piss pounded us this game was never um even close right um uh cousins was a disaster. Maybe the worst half he's played and, and for the Vikings. The thing is, is that three, that three picks. I would say Cousins and the offensive line together right now are such a disaster. When they do give him time to block, he blows it. Uh, when he's about to step into a throw, they can't protect him. Uh, when it, you know, when he has time, he throws bad picks. Um, other times he gets hit while he's throwing and throws picks. Mm-hmm. The combination of the two is like hard to watch. The hand, the hand fumble, like the hit, the hand fumble. How many of those have happened? But he, but he if you remember from last year and the year before, he always has tipped balls. He's like the number one guy that throws into people's outstretched arms. Like he does it all the time. It's one, it's one of his signature moves. Maybe his only move. Cousins is has been a complete disaster. Um, it doesn't help that we have like the worst guard play in the NFL. Well, they started Ezra Cleveland at guard today, and that didn't go well either. He's a lifetime left tackle. Yeah. Literally, he played mm. I think five years of school. He played left tackle the entire time, and then they're like, "Yeah, you're gonna play right guard." Mm. Their guard play has been so brutal, and that really harms a pocket passer who is not mobile, because that's pressure directly in your face. And I'm not here to defend Cousins because I'm absolutely sick of it, and I thought he was atrocious, and he um, 
has been so far below what he needs to be for us. But there, when people are like, he needs to step up. I'm like, the pressure is coming from the D tackle. It's literally where he would step up is where the guy is coming. Every play, they're directly in his face. This is a uh, an organizational problem that has happened for years, and we have never fixed it for like going on since like Steve Hutchinson was. There. It's crazy how well some teams find offensive linemen, and how poorly the Vikings have done under Zimmer and Spielman for the most part. I feel like we've found a few diamonds in the rough here and there, but we've never had like a Pittsburgh Steeler or a Seattle Seahawk like offensive line where they're just, they just, it's just next man up. They find guys and maybe it's coaching, maybe it's scouting, maybe some combination of both, but it's, it's kind of astonishing that we haven't either, we haven't been able to either a bring in uh, people, the people that we did bring in did not work out. And then we can't draft consistently right and it's annoying don't get me wrong um the you know skill position players that we draft we are incredible yes at that. i'm I not mean, i'm not this is not nail another a, one this is not a knock on that no no, no i'm just a, saying i'm just saying like there are places that the vikings draft very well they cannot figure out guard and defensive tackle to save their life yep they blow it in every draft they try to draft it too lowly too low they can't um they, they can't build any of these low picks into good players. Cousins was awful, and so was the line, especially in their pass blocking yet again. It's getting hard to watch. Um, Cousins has 10 interceptions now, mm. which is just crazy. How many uh, touchdowns does he have? Probably Fewer. 12 or something, yeah. but not many. I don't, yeah, I don't know. He hasn't he... been good, man. Like no. he's, he's been a mess. Um, he looks like he's losing his confidence. Uh, which is crazy because he's got just weapons all over the place. Um, but they are not currently, they're not a good team. Um, sticking with the offense, though, uh, true bright spot, Justin Jefferson, is fun. just fantastic. I would say he got better when Atlanta relaxed their defense a little bit. I don't think we called his name very often in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um they had him and Thielen locked down. So I realized the numbers look good at the end of the game, but right. I, I would attribute a little bit of that to mop-up duty. Garbage uh, time. When when it was already out of reach. So, uh, but I That's agree. That's when Kirk I, does his best work when I, it I agree. Matter. I agree, though. Justin, Justin Jefferson is the lone bright spot offensively in an otherwise, well, I guess Dalvin Cook, but now he's hurt. Uh, um, he's always fucking hurt. But he's, he's the lone bright spot in an otherwise, like, uh, horribly inconsistent offense. Nine catches for 166 and two touchdowns gives him the. He's one of only three, four players in the history of football to have 300 yard games in his first six games, which is crazy. That's awesome. He is has more receiving yards at this point of his career than Randy Moss did, which is crazy. Or Diggs. Um, he is on pace for 75 catches. 1,430 yards and eight touchdowns. This dude is a legit superstar receiver. It's crazy how good he is. So the question now is, who's going to get rookie of the year? Is it going to be Jefferson? Probably Burrow. Oh, you think? I think it could be Antoine Winfield, another Minnesota guy. Well, they have a defensive end and an offensive one. Well, don't tell me the details like that. Winfield is probably the favorite. Winfield's probably the favorite to win the defensive one. So you're you're right. I got you. But um, I would say... Jefferson will be in the conversation. Claypool will be in the conversation. Um, but it will 
ultimately will go to Joe Burrow, I'd guess. Okay. They like to give awards to quarterbacks. That's um, true. Especially yeah. the white quarterbacks. Yeah. They, they really <laughs> like I'm that. serious. Like, I'm, that's not that's they love, true. Yeah. Because yeah. um, they're pocket passers. They're smart. Traditional. Cere- smart, smart, cerebral yep. guys who they also... also <laughs> wow, they really see the game. Also, the word that I can't handle at all in football is gritty. If Unless they say gritty, the Jefferson gritty dance. No, no, no. Oh. If they say someone is gritty in any way, yeah, you're right. The gritty dance. That means they're slow. It means they're white and they made a tough play. Yeah, well, it, yeah. It mean, <laughs> Look it at mean, that gritty play by Chad Beebe. That's the uh, that was uh, the John Gruden special. Thank God he's out of the the broadcast booth. Yeah, to hear him say, "Look, look at this guy really fighting for everything." It's like, well, if he was faster, yeah. he wouldn't have to fight so hard. <laughs> yeah. He's a real Gruden grinder. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring that back. Oh. We don't have to hear that anymore. All right, guys. So move into um, other parts. It was good to see Ezra Cleveland get on the field. Like you said, even if it was not at his preferred position, he wasn't very good. But I'm happy that our rookies are always playing. James Lynch, fourth-round pick, playing a lot. DJ Wanham, who I think was a fourth-round pick as well, had a good game today for us. Um, there are some bright spots with the young players playing. Uh, Gladney. Uh, Wanham and Lynch all playing heavy on minutes on. De- oh, and Gladney all playing heavy minutes on that. You defense. said Gladney. That was the first one. Oh, you said. Dan- uh, Dancer. Dancer. Yeah. Dancer yeah. I'm sorry. Um, all playing big minutes uh, on that. And then defense. whoever number thirty eight was. Harrison Hand, another <laughs> another rookie. Because yeah. mm. uh, Mike went Mike, out. Mike Williams or Mike uh, Hughes. Hughes went out. Um, yeah. So I mean, five rookies playing big minutes in this game. You uh, can see and that's what why <laughs> we reflected 40, that. Yeah. yeah. You can see why we gave up forty points. Um, but this is a young defense. Hopefully. Um, once we're kind of out of it here, those guys will have some valuable time to develop. I mean, talk about learning in the fire. Yeah, they really are. For real. Having three rookie corners out there against uh, that receiving trio of Jones, Gage, and Ridley uh, was not ideal. No, and and I think the, uh, you know, the scouting report on the Vikings corners is if you have a really good number one wide receiver, they're going to have a fantastic day. I mean, you look at what Devontae Adams did to us. You look at what DK Metcalf did to us, mm-hmm. and now Julio Jones. I mean, three of the best. You know, Adams isn't quite as big as the other two guys, but like a big, strong, fast receiver, and they have problems making uh, defensive stops. There's against the them. pattern. I see it now. Yeah. So the Vikings are off for two weeks uh, before we travel to a much easier game at Lambeau Field. Yep. <laughs> uh, and like Packers play oh. the Texans next week, I think. So they'll be five and one. And we'll be one in five. They're the, going to be hungry. They'll put the nail in the coffin. I think it's it's coffined up. I think it's nailed up. I think that like sometimes a one in five team, like every once in a while makes the playoffs, but it's like, no. you know, chances are low. I don't think, I mean, we'd have to win out, I think. And we've had, I mean, we have had the type of schedule that's been kind of brutal that you could sort of see. But then, you know, this was the game where I'm like, no, we just suck. We stay. I, 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 yeah, I don't care who we play. We don't play well enough to beat anybody. So and now, Eric, what do you want to see the rest of the season? Tank? Losses, um, losses like crazy. I mean, I know that people will be like, "Oh, you shouldn't cheer for a team to lose," but like they're really bad, and I would love to find a new quarterback. Even so how if it's are a we going to how are we going to screw that up? Are we going to finish with five wins and get like the sixth pick or something like that? We're going to finish. Name the place where. Um, all the best six players are gone. Yeah, and then we have that spot. Where are all the good quarterbacks gone? And then like yeah. the superstar for sure, superstar players. Where is the cornerback who is runs a four three but like can't tackle? 
where's he? Because that's where we're going to end up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Undersized linebacker who can't really play in the middle, but is also too small to I'm, play D-line. I'm hoping. But he's gritty. If you let me pick <laughs> right now what to do um, in the draft, and I had to pick right now, I would say take the top quarterback or wide receiver that you could get would be what I would do. I would love I want a new QB. So they're going to so take an outside linebacker. I can't. I think that they'll take a corner or a D tackle or an O lineman is my guess. And those are not very fun moving the needle picks. I would try to take Jamar Chase. Yeah, but if it was like if like Joe Thomas was available, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like somebody like that that would be like a twelve year left tackle, never misses a game. Yeah, remember we drafted him number four overall. His name was Matt Khalil, and then <laughs> yeah, he was a disaster. Him. I mean, we had him. We did that, and it just didn't work out. So, um, I I don't know. It's too early still, um, but this season is quickly getting away from us. I think that if we go nine and one, the rest of the way, I'll jump back on the bandwagon. Okay. Nine and one, because okay. you'd end ten and six then, and you would still be a wild card team on the road in the first round of the playoffs, especially with the NFC. But if you were nine and one, I think you would be hot enough that you could go into a partially crowded stadium and like give someone hell. So there you go. That's how backs to the wall I think we are. And our next game is at Lambeau. So if we lose that, I think we'll have to win out. And we also know Eric's lying because if they went, if they go five and one the rest of the way, and end up at six and six. Eric's going to be back in full swing. <laughs> full I, I, swing. If we were at six and six and we had won like five straight, I would be like, this is fun. Like, can yeah. we, yeah, yeah, can we sure. run the table? Yeah. Um, all right. So here's your games the rest of the way. They're at Green Bay after the bye week. Loss. They're home against the Lions. It's probably a win. Sadly. I mean, yeah, accidentally. So right. that, then they're at Chicago, who always has our number. Um, and they're like the reverse Vikings this year. Like, yeah. they, they can't. They can't, like, they're doing everything they can to lose, and it's just not happening. Like, the other teams are not taking advantage. because they're fucking winners, and we're losers. That's it. It's as simple as that. Oh, guys, I th- I'm, I'm worried, okay? Um, so we're 2-7 and seven at that point. If, or, no, I'm sorry, 2-6. Two 2-6, and, two and six. Two and six, Then yep. we play at Chicago, who has our number. I just said that, 2-7, and seven, we lose. We're home against the Cowboys. We win, for sure, because we always play well against them, and it's the Red um, Rocket. Sure. We're 3-7. We're and seven. We do. We beat yeah. Dallas on the road last year. I mean, we always come. Okay, their I number. get that one. I'll, I actually I'll side with then, you. On then, this. then we are home against the Panthers. That's a win. We're four and seven. Ugh. Then the Teddy revenge game. Come on. Then yeah. we're home against the Jaguars. They're horrible. We're five and seven. Then we play at Tampa. We're five, five and, and eight. eight. Yep. Then we are <clears throat> home against the Bears. We're probably five and nine. Then we are at the Saints on Christmas Day. Five and ten. We're five and ten. And then we're at the Lions. You know we win that game. For sure. Just to six, mess it up. Six and ten. Six and freaking ten. That's the seventh pick. And then <laughs> we're like we're like ninth in the draft somehow yep. and we don't have a second round pick. And then we take a fucking cornerback. Wow. So you're already angry about the twenty twenty one season. I'm already mad. <laughs> it's, All right, tell. guys. Next up, uh, the World Series is uh about to happen. Uh do you guys care about it all? How no. about this? How about this? How about this? James. One team made the World Series, and two teams are playing to get in. Can you name any of them? Uh, don't do me like this. <laughs> um, oh, God. Um, are the Houston Astros back in there? They just lost yesterday. They get knocked out, but that's close okay. enough. They lost in Game 7. Uh, the Oakland. Nope, nope, they're out. They're out. I don't know. I don't know any of them. Um no, I get nothing. The Tampa Bay Rays are in that is the World so Series. So boring, and they're going to play the winner of the LA Dodgers and the uh, Atlanta Braves. Okay, that makes sense. Now that you say it, I can see how those teams are supposed to be good, and here they are. I <laughs> uh, couldn't think of it. 
will you guys watch this? Because I will not. I will. It'll fly by without me even knowing it. I'll just like see social media posts about it and be like, eh, who cares? I'll just move past them quickly. It's really annoying because the Tampa Tampa Bay Rays are what the Twins should be. Right. Small market team, plucky little club plucky. with a with a low budget. But they they have even less going for them. Yes. Nobody cares. They don't even have fans no, there. No, that place is empty. It's that that place is a hellhole. Like they don't even want to play there. Right. They'd rather play outside. Like And there they go. On a high school diamond. Going to the World Series. Okay. Um big news. Because that I'm already done talking about baseball. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. I, I don't care. I, I went on 30 seconds too long. I will not watch the baseball at all. Okay, so here we go. Big <laughs> sound news. Like it, sound like an old person like the baseball. <laughs> I will not watch the baseball. Okay. Uh, this is exciting. Next week, uh, college game day coming to uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota again as the Gophers return and they host Michigan. Number 24 ranked Gophers versus number 18 ranked Michigan. It's pretty wild that they haven't played any games. Other teams have played like four or five, Maryland, but and we are ranked <laughs> in the top twenty-five. A, I feel the pressure already. I I've had people message the pod saying we should go represent at at game day. How with a big Nordies podcast sign or something? Sure. How do we do that? I don't know. If you're listening and you were thinking about going, we'll make you a cool Nordies sign, or and you can rep- or represent I'll do you us. one even better. You make your own sign. Yeah. You bring it. Okay. And I'll Venmo you. Can you How much? go? How much? How, well, I'll team up. Yeah. We'll How just, much will we pay somebody? I don't know. Let's not talk about go. it here. But like, if somebody wants to do it and put up a Nordy's podcast, uh, I'll Venmo you for the materials and like a six pack of whatever beer you want. Okay. I just, I want to know, can you even go? Probably not. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I kind of think really you're not allowed to go. So how do we get Nordy's podcast stuff? on? Just rent a plane. Wow. We could Probably. do that. And just fly a, a banner. Sure. Okay. That's what. We'll do. What if we just like run in behind there and they streaking, yeah, streaking. Okay. You wanna, <laughs> you wanna test the cops in this city, Eric? <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> do you really want to go there? Do you um, want to test the cops? No, I really don't. Yeah, so, that's a good point. if anyone has any ideas for game day or any information, let us know. It's like you might have a weapon on him, dude. He's yeah. naked. <laughs> Stop. I am pumped about this. I think the Gophers are a force to be reckoned with. I am rowing the boat. I believe in PJ Fleck. I know you do. And I believe in uh, this duo of uh, Bateman and what's the hell is the quarter? Morgan. Tanner Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I fully buy into that duo. Um, I think this is going to be a good team. Uh, they're not going to win the Big Ten or anything, but I think they could finish the season a lot like last year, like a top 15 team. Okay, that'd be great. You're not you're not feeling it. I'm just why not? I'm I'm too apprehensive. We're jaded. I'm too apprehensive. And I I if there is a coach that I believed in the Twin Cities the most, it's probably PJ Fleck. But the whole like COVID has everything upside down and backwards, and it's really hard to decipher and discern like who is you know able to mentally overcome all of this stuff and and it, it, i think it's too early to tell like i, I think I, young coaches are better than old coaches as I we're agree. seeing in the nfl for the most part and uh like the vikings like zimmer he didn't have his guys ready to even play the first two weeks and so i think fleck will know how to navigate things like this how to use technology to connect with these players to get them the information that they need to i believe in it I think they've been practicing for weeks here, and this is going to be a good-looking team come game game day being here in the Twin Cities again. Two straight game days at home for us. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. Last year we had one. Our last home game last year was home oh, against yeah, Wisconsin, right. and yep. we got trounced. I was there. And as now well. home against Michigan in our next home. So game, now people so. will think twice if we get blown out by Michigan about asking. They won't be back game. again. Yeah. yeah, that'd be it. Any predictions? Uh yeah, I think we're gonna win. I think it's gonna be uh, twenty-eight, twenty-eight, seventeen. I think we lose by two touchdowns. I think we win <laughs> twenty-seven to twenty-four. In a great game. Okay. I think Bateman will be the best player on the field, and we definitely have the better quarterback. So I believe. I believe. And that's sad and scary because I'm every going time, to believe until I'm given a lot of reason not to I mean, to believe, I said like that the Vikings were going to win the Central, so don't trust me anyway. Right. All right, guys. Um, next up, Premier League toss on its head this weekend. So I always like to go mm. kind of through our top six teams in the league and we can talk about some other things. So I'm not saying their current standings, but just the big clubs, um, Liverpool, the defending champs. So we should talk about them first. They played in what was probably the biggest game of the weekend. Um, the current first place Everton blues blues versus Liverpool, the defending champions. What are they? The Liverpool the reds. reds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, Chelsea is also the blues. So let's just remember they're the not names very are so bad, <laughs> but the names have been around since like 1870. The Manchester right. city citizens. Yeah. The Wolverhampton wandering wolves. What about, what about, uh, what is man United? The red, red devils. devils. Oh, that's yeah. kind of sweet. That's kind of better. That's kind of actually, that's pretty good. I'm surprised that name is still stuck around. The Red Devils. Yeah, it hasn't gotten canceled yet. My favorite yeah. thing is that there's a there's a place, um, Devils Lake, in North Dakota. Okay. I think it's called Devils Lake. I don't know. We'd have to ask uh, friend of the pod Scott, okay, uh, to come on and tell us about this. I believe it's Devils Lake, and their name is the Satans. Nice. The cool. Devils Lake Satans is a high school it's team. A little there. redundant, but I'm I'm cool with it. And then and then like their rivals are like the Angels or something. Perfect. And I'm like, that is how the world should work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so Liverpool. Um, let's move quickly. Boy, oh boy, did they get screwed over in this game? Yeah, let's go with that. Horrendously, they got so screwed. They played the first place Everton Blues, whatever. I don't even need to give those. You names. just say they played Everton. first place Everton, and yeah. Everton has been great all year. <laughs> it's pretty easy. And uh, you had an offsides call um, where Virgil Van Dyke, the star player for Liverpool, gets in behind and he uh, gets brutally taken out by a horror tackle. By Jordan Pickford, like the, the goalie. The from reason Everton. that they invented red cards was he for tackles like this. Like dives into his knee with his full body weight and like scissor wraps around his leg Ugh. and tears his ACL. And there was no horrible foul news. Horrible given news. because it was called offsides. This was despicable. Like I can't believe this tackle happened. It should be a red card. I don't care. It's kind of like when uh, when Eden Hazard, the old star player for Chelsea. Um, kicked the ball boy. Remember that? What? <laughs> you don't remember this? No. The ball boy is laying on the ball and won't get off the ball. They're playing like Spurs or something. And he won't get off the ball and it's late in the game and Chelsea's trying Why to come Why do you back. always have to like dig up some like Chelsea Obscure thing? anti-Chelsea and, and propaganda. Like, yeah, I, remember that one time no, that, no, no, uh, I'm saying that in 1892 where the yeah. Chelsea player was ejected? <laughs> I'm like, What? No, 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 my point is just that, so he's trying to get the ball away, and this kid's being a little cheater, and he, like, kicks at the ball, like, underneath the kid. Yeah. And the kid rides around in pain, yeah. and they give Hazard a red card. Oh, okay. And so my point is just, Hazard got that for, like, play detrimental to the game or some BS like that. 
the kid should have been fired from his fucking job for cheating maybe on was. the field. He probably should have been. And then all the fans were applauding the kid who was like fake crying and stuff. So if that can be red carded, then how can this vicious tackle after a close offsides call where they were playing it like it was live? How mm-hmm. can that not be? So that was one. I think that's and that should be just like from an officiating standpoint, like if the assistant referee has given the offside and two players are going to like come to a head, blow the whistle, like yeah. just blow the whistle. Yeah. If, if you need, well, to but review, I think they've been told to let things to let play, it go. but I think in yeah. that scenario where things are going to happen that are bad or potentially bad, they should blow the whistle. Then you get to the end of the game. Jordan Henderson, um, blasts in a beautiful goal. Um, I had heard that it got called back. I wasn't watching it live. I got heard it called back. It got called back in VAR, but I didn't know for what, so I, looked, as well, so I looked up the goal and I watched the goal and I'm like, there's literally nothing that they could call this back for unless it happened way before. I watched it like five times. I'm like, what? I, I went and watched the coverage of it. They gave an offsides. They pretty much were like, yeah, his arm was a paper's length beyond the other guy's well, they, arm. They, they had mm-hmm. the blue line and the red line. It was disgusting. This was a goal for sure. Liverpool should be absolutely outraged that they dropped two points in this game that they shouldn't have. Um, moving on to the next big team, Man City. They win pretty boring game against the Arsenal Gunners. It was awful. Yeah. I was so bored. The first half was I pretty good. doing yard work during it. So Pretty good first half between two good teams. They battled it out. A lot of good players were missing from the game. And... The city takes a lead in the first. Arsenal had some chances late in the first. The second half was pretty much like they were like, let's just pass it back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to watch. So bad day for for Arsenal here. Um, but they do. They've lost two games. Uh, they're five. They were at City and at Liverpool. I guess it could be worse. Right. Um, uh, Chelsea uh, looks like you know absolute killers in the first half. Two goals from Werner, one goal from Havertz. Um, two, they're two big German signings from the summer, and their pesky defense and keeper keep them from getting three points yet again at at the very end of the game. Ninety second minute out of mm. ninety four, rough, rough. It's and being, it becoming a little bit of a habit for them. Yeah. So you know, if if I'm going to play like devil's advocate, it's exciting to see Pulisic, Havertz. Werner, Mount, and then eventually Zick in the game at the same time um, because they have not played a match together yet. So um, it was cool to see that. And offensively, like in the attack, we looked amazing, like incredible, like almost unstoppable. Cool goal from Werner too where he chipped it over the guy. And then played it to himself. Great play. And then, yeah, it was just unbelievable. So that was exciting. But again, the problems on defense, like we were getting absolutely fucking dominated by Southampton for 20 minutes straight. They they could have easily had more goals. They could have easily won the won the match. I mean, right. you could say the same thing for us in the first half too when Werner hit the uh, hit the crossbar and things like that. So um, overall, rough though. Yeah, rough to you didn't to, want to see that draw, especially against Southampton at home. Like that yeah. shouldn't happen, right? Um, now let's get to the favorite match of the week. Yes, I mean that one's tough. Man, <laughs> Man United with a big win over Newcastle, four to one. Who cares? Took care of business there, um, but. Uh, the London clubs had a bad day or a bad weekend. Wasn't great. Arsenal loses a big game against uh, City. Um, Chelsea blows a game and draws at home to Southampton, and then Spurs 
this is so awkward. At halftime, they actually had a, a trophy ceremony presenting <laughs> them with the, the league. The, the league yeah. At yeah, halftime yeah. for winning the league at halftime already. Reddit was all a flutter that this is the, this is their chance. Finally, we got a good manager. We got a good defense. We got strikers. Bale People, came on when they were up. We got the prodigal son returning. They were Christian ready. Bale. They mm-hmm. were already celebrating, taking photos <laughs> at halftime with Garrison, the trophy. Gary. And then both handsome men. I get. <laughs> and then. They blow it in the last 10 minutes of the game, giving up three goals, including an own goal, an absolute screamer from Lanzini, and... I mean, a, a once-in-a-lifetime goal. Oh, it's just beautiful. It was very cool. And they, the West Ham comes back, so I shouldn't say it was bad for all London. If I was a West Ham fan, I would be pretty excited about my team right now. Um, Moyes is doing a good job with them, and he's struggled at a couple different places, um, but I do think that they have a pretty good manager. They have some fun, talented players there. They they played a game earlier in the year against Arsenal and they looked so bad, like just not even competitive. And since then, they have been on an absolute tear, scoring a ton of goals, playing in exciting games. It's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, Spurs uh, blow it again like they always do. So did they did they take the trophy back or like is it just hanging out? temporarily uh, i'm sure that they they um they'll go up by two next week and they, bring it back they out. tried to put it into their trophy cabinet for safekeeping but it's well, there's rusted lot, there's lots of room it's yeah. rusted shut they haven't opened <laughs> they it lost so the key 12 years ago <laughs> <laughs> oh that was beautiful and you know what's crazy is i i think it was in like the 65th minute roughly 70th minute was about noon so i flipped over to the vikings game mm-hmm and then I was pulling up my ESPN app to like check some of the other NFL scores. And then I saw a 3-3 FT. And I was like, what? No way. The Spurs blew that? Yeah. Unbelievable. But then I was like, oh, it is the Spurs. That, yeah. Par for the sense. course. I can't wait till Jose Mourinho has completely turned on all of his players in a month. Yeah, he's probably already has done that. He, he does it after every loss. He's like, well, my players are not tough, I think he said for this one. All right, guys. <laughs> another piece of news. Um, you know when someone dies and they lived such a great life and such a long life that it's not even really sad. It's just more of a time to celebrate. That is the living legend. Not I mean, I'm sorry. The wow. not living oh, legend. Oh, wow. Jesus. How could <laughs> you just, blow this tribute? <laughs> the, the, the legend. The legend. The legendary um, Sid Hartman yeah. passes away 100 years old. Um, for some reason, when you're a centurion and you have uh, stories about you shouting down Prince at the hall in the hallways of of uh, the Super Bowl, and you've met everyone, and you are a legend not just in the Twin Cities but across the entire country when it comes to sports journalism, like Sid, it seems like more of a time to celebrate someone's life than to mourn their passing. So, Sid Hartman, what an incredible run! I mean, he was basically working until yeah. I think he had an died. article that came out today. Yeah which is incredible. Oh, um, he was 100 years old. He has been doing it in the Twin Cities for like over 75 years or something like that. Like this dude is older than your grandparents. I mean, like this stuff is wild how long this guy has been at it. So some nice tributes out there. I saw one from Phil Mackey, which was pretty cool. Um, our friend of the pod. And he was saying one of the honors that he had was um, he would always change his batteries because he didn't know how to ever work his mic. So he would be on like battery duty for Sid Hartman's mic when he started, which is kind of funny. And um, even that was a while ago. Yeah, that's, that's funny. You'd be like, come on, Phil, yeah. get the double A's. Yeah, <laughs> crying out loud. <laughs> no, but I think that people don't realize too that like he is he was like 
legendary across the country. So I'm sure that your tributes will come from sports journalists, you know, from far and wide over a guy who did it at a high level for so long, which is, you know, really cool that it happened here in the Twin Cities. And I think he wrote for most of his career for the Star Trib. So imagine. So just think about um, like 70 years ago, right? None of our parents were alive. Or I don't know. Like, let's see, 70 years ago, it would have been like 1950. Mm-hmm. He was covering, he had been covering sports for a while. He was 30. Right. <laughs> by, by, <laughs> no, but I mean, by like, by 1950, this guy was already like writing articles yeah. for the Star Tribune, you know, and then he was still doing it last week. Yeah. You know, it's kind of wild. It kind is. Of crazy. So, RIP Sid Hartman. We don't talk a lot about journalism on the show, but I felt like he was too important for us. To and pass we are by. serious journalists. So you think we would, but we wouldn't know. be doing this if it wasn't for guys like Sid Hartman. You're right. Who paved the way for podcasts for podcasts. Yeah, sure. All right, guys, here we go. We're going to end today with break it down. Ooh. All right. You guys ready? Yeah, let's break it. Always. Okay. Here we go. Um, the best sports fight of all time is what? The palace. The malice in the palace. Yeah. Oh Yeah. The Ron Artest. Oh wait, are you just are you meaning like UFC and boxing, or you mean however like, you want to take it? No, I want to take in where the fighting should not belong. That's what I think. And too. I want it. I want it to be Ron Artest. It's the malice in the palace. Yeah, yeah. jumping in the stands, punching people. I mean, that's just beautiful entertainment. Okay. I mean, it was it was the wildest thing, and that was what twelve years ago. I couldn't imagine that happening today. Mm-hmm. With like everything that's going on, I don't know, like how bad it would have would have been. It was really bad. It was really bad. Like, I was watching it live somehow. Oh, wow. And all I watched all night then was... The highlights of it? The coverage on SportsCenter for, like, the whole night. It was insanity. Um, Steven Jackson was insane. He was throwing haymakers at everybody. He's relevant again. I love it. Um, So, I'm going to go against you guys, though. Okay. I'm going to say that the best sports fight of all time is... Help me out. Ali versus no, no, no. okay. It's the guy. Oh, oh dude, you better be. This is uh, your Robin Ventura, Robin Ventura and Nolan Ryan running down Nolan Ryan and Nolan Ryan, forty-four-year-old <laughs> Nolan Ryan putting it on him in the most like career-ruining way. Old man Nolan Ryan literally gets him in a side headlock and lands like forty unanswered blows. Well, he hit guy. him on the a couple. He hit him on the couple on the head, like the top of the head, a couple times. But then he came in with like an uppercut underneath Ooh. on the last one and like dropped Ventura. Oh, it's, okay. It's, Is this on? Why haven't I seen this? Do I need to fucking Google he, this? He he does he hit him or throw behind him or something? And Ventura like instantly charges them, like throws the bat okay, again. And charges and let's set them the scene. Out. Robin Ventura is probably like 28. Okay. And Nolan Ryan, I don't know if he's 44, and, and, but he's in his 40s. And Robin Ventura is a big time player. Yeah. And, with the White Sox at the time. He yep. comes storming at Ryan. Ryan throws the glove down, waits for him, grabs him in a headlock, and just starts raining down blows. <laughs> it's classic. It's an absolute classic. That was going to be my, my honorable mention. I'm glad. Okay. And then I, I think my other favorite that wasn't really a fight, but was more of just one punch was uh, Runet Odor punching uh, Jose Bautista mm. more in, recent. in the jaw, like on the button. Yeah. Like that was incredible. That was what, three, four years ago now? Yeah, just because okay. I hate Jose Bautista. I mean, the only other thing I could say is all fights that happened between the 
um, Avalanche and the Red Wings. Remember oh, when God. every time they would play, the whole team ben would fight Curry. and the goalies would fight? Yep. Every time. I like how we didn't go with a hockey one the game because fighting went, is expected in hockey. The game got so out of control, and for some reason, every time those two teams played, you were like, well, the whole team's going to fight on the ice right now. And they would both brawl. They would throw all their gloves and all their stuff. There would be like 100 penalty minutes at a time. The goalies would both like watch it, and then they'd skate to the middle of the rink. Yeah, Patrick, they, well, because Patrick Waugh was insane. Waugh and um, Osgood. Osgood, yeah. yeah. And they would absolutely go rumble every single time too. Loved when those guys would fight. It, it's pretty stupid now when I think back on it, but pretty like stupid. at the time, yeah, I was really pumped. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, stadium you need to go to before you die. Hmm. I think I, I think I'd like to see Wrigley. I guess is if something comes to mind quickly. Um, I've been to Chicago a few times, but haven't seen a, a game there. And I always kind of check the schedule, and it doesn't work out. And I, I haven't been yet, but that's probably mine. Kind of basic for you guys who have been to a lot of different not, baseball and football stadiums. Not Anfield? Okay, well, fuck. I mean, I guess I absolutely will get there, and that is another thing. But yes, okay, Anfield and, and in America will go and with, Wrigley. with Wrigley. Okay, fair enough. Um, for me, I think I, I want to go to Fenway. Okay. And I know, like, it, it, Boston is, like, the new, like, cool... Uh, you know, team to like that lots of people jumped on the bandwagon like many years ago. Um, but I think there's something magical about old ballparks like that. And I think maybe why you said Wrigley initially. Um, I think that's a, I think like just being in, like in downtown Boston and you go into Fenway and like just to like think about all of the amazing players that have played there, all of the amazing games that have been played there. Um, there's so much lore and history. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Fenway would be like a really cool like bucket list trip, uh, just to just to you know do it one time. Like I don't really care, right? But if the Twins are maybe in Boston or something, you know, catch the Twins Boston and Fenway. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I definitely wouldn't wear a Twins jersey. Like, I don't, <laughs> right. don't want to get there. any. I don't want to get like oh look at this fucking guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So they'd use words that we don't use in this podcast. Yeah. I guarantee it. Um, I would want to go to. I just pulled it up for you guys. Signal Iduna Park. Is where I want to go. Okay. And that is the home of Bruce Dortmund. That would Why be cool. That? With the giant wall, they have like a 25,000 person side of the stadium that usually there's like tiers to it, but it's all one whole wall of people. Like there's not like different levels that you enter. It's like just all one thing with the stairs that go all the way up. And it's 25,000 people. It's supposed to be just out of control. Um, I one time went to the Emirates to watch Arsenal versus Dortmund and I laughed for like the first 15 minutes that I was there because I couldn't believe that I I got there early. I was like, I want to get in early, make sure I get to my seat, take pictures, you know, like enjoy the whole thing. Yeah, be a first time noob. Yep. Yeah. Well, it was my second game and the first game that I went to was a couple days earlier against oh, Man yeah. United. That was the disaster. And the I got ticket. into the stadium like 10 seconds before the game started. So this time I was like, I'm just going to get there early and I'm going to enjoy it a little bit, you know? And when I got into the stadium, there was very few people in the stadium. Yeah, they don't time. really do that. They hang out at the pubs before. Then. Yeah, so I get in the stadium, there's very few people, but there's 4,000 seat tickets for the opposing team and all 4,000 Dortmund fans were there already, already. with drums. In place. Singing awesome. songs. Singing songs with drums, all dressed the same, all knowing every cheer, doing everything in unison 
at full volume. Dortmund stunk all night long, and Arsenal won two nothing. But they never stopped cheering for the entire game. They sang songs from start to finish from an hour before the game until the game ended, and then they gave the biggest cheer when their team came over at the end of the game, even though they got shut out. That's amazing. It was so cool. That's good fans right there. I would love to go there. I'm sure it's kind of a sketchy area of Germany, but it would still be fun. All right, next up. That's a sleeper pick. Best sporting event that you personally have been to. Uh, I could say quite a few on this. I've been to some cool ones. I I mean, you were at the Miracle. I went to the Minneapolis Miracle. That was probably be my pick. Um, It has to be my pick. I saw Uh, the links. I was going to say, what other... uh, I did go to the Super Bowl that year, and That's I was just pissed that I was we, say, were we weren't it. there. Yeah, so that sucked. Even though it was a great game, if you remember, the, the Eagles, Eagles beat the won Patriots. at the very yeah. end, and then Brady got strip sacked late. Um, I was at the game, the Favre to Greg Lewis game. Oh, that was wow. really cool against the Niners. Yep, yeah. that was a great one. And um, I went to UFC '87. The one at Target Center. Yeah, it was at Target I was Center. At that one too. We had like GSP and yeah. Brock Lesnar and yeah. John Jones and. That was going to kill me on this. I get that was really fun too. So um, those are probably my. You just favorite. wanted to flex on all the cool shit you. Yeah, done. I think I think that's what this question was. <laughs> well, Ryan, what do you got? Minneapolis I'll, Miracle I'll, I'll would be my favorite. Mine. I have. I don't think I've been to that many like sporting notable, events, notable, memorable ones where it was like a playoff game. Like my fan, I had no money growing up. Like we weren't going to any like, you know, Twins, you know, playoff as a kid. Yeah, and then, in like ninety one, yeah. like that. We didn't. That wasn't a thing. I went uh, to a lot of gopher basketball games as a kid. Nothing ooh. really else. Um, I was at. I saw the Lynx win a world champ. It's the only Lynx game I've ever been to. And we like they were in. It was the final game game for them to close it out. Game five or whatever it might have been. And so we went to that. That was cool. But I probably will give it to game three. Game three of, of yeah the only playoff game the Wolves have won in the past twenty fucking years or whatever it's that been. place was electric that, it was so 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 fun and I chased the dragon by going to game four big mistake they lost horribly. how much did the tickets cost you um I wasn't anywhere super close I think they were maybe a couple hundred bucks each um like two or like five. No, I think they were probably like, but they, I think they were about one fifty each. Oh, okay, that's great. That's so it wasn't that bad. Of course, I did go to both games, which was a mistake. But, um, dude, I mean, it was it was fun. It's one of my favorite teams. Whatever. That's probably it. You need season tickets. I've had times in my life when I've had close to season tickets, flex like packs, the college T-shirt days with Eric. T-shirt Holy days. shit! Did we go to a lot of games Best for like time. averaged out to be about seventy five cents each. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and on the lower level. <laughs> There's no one at those games. That I mean, was I was, crazy. Uh, I've been to a Twins like, Let's go game. see Kevin Love and uh, you Rubio. Know, Ricky Rubio. Rubio have some Love. good passes and we'll lose. It'll be fine. I was at the, a Twins game at the Dome where Jason Kubel hit a walk-off grand slam. That's, That's kind of To win by one, which was insane. Like, we'd been losing the whole game. We scratched a couple things together. It was two outs, and he fucking pokes it in the upper deck. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, but I haven't been to... I've watched a lot of cool stuff on TV, but I haven't been to a lot of like major sporting events. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. my, like my first hockey game, it was the Blues against the Red Wings, and a Red Wings player got ejected for slashing our goalie in the in the helmet, like in the head. <laughs> That's classic. I we did. were right behind the bench, right behind the Blues bench, and Brett Hull was like one of the. I mean, he's one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Um, was like a well-renowned athlete. I was like 10 or 11 and he starts 
F-bombing everybody, like, the whole game. And I'm looking at my dad, like, uh, is this okay? And he just looks over to me, and he's like, don't tell your mother. <laughs> and, like, that was it. We never spoke of it again. Right. Uh, but he's like, feed him his fucking lunch, like, screaming. And I'm like, oh, my God. what? This guy's, like, my sports hero. Like, what is he doing? But uh, that was that was a pretty wild game, and there was a fight. Of course, because it's hockey in, yeah. the, in the 90s. Had to give the fans what they wanted. But yeah, I haven't. I don't really have anything on the list. Okay, uh, what about worst place currently to get drafted? To get drafted? In, in any league? Yeah, yeah. Anyone you can think of. I mean, it's still, it's still Cleveland, I think, because I've been there. Um, don't you think? Or is it like Jacksonville? I'm trying to think of like the team themselves. Like that's like a disaster. Oh, you're tr- I thought you meant a city that's, you just don't want to go to. Just like what's a team that is just a black hole right now? Probably the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the... The Jets. The Jets are just a joke. The yeah. Jaguars would be a terrible place to get drafted. I mean, Jacksonville is an absolute hole. The New right. York Knicks. Pretty much nah, nothing. You st- they're still excited to go there. It's yeah, like they're excited to go there, and then it Madison turns out Square to and... destroy their career. Yeah, I um, think I think it's different for the Knicks because there is MSG, and that's like a cool thing to be a part of. And they they do have like sold, everybody sold out just keeps thinking they're just around the corner. They're just you know, but like they're not. If you but. get drafted by the Jets. And you're like, yeah, we play in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And so like, like, there's going to be infinity pressure on you, and it's always going to go poorly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the Jets might be the worst. I mean, one right I think a lot of people would like if for basketball, they'd probably pick it's a winter sport. And I think that when you combine Minneapolis in the winter for people that maybe grew up in the South, with how bad Timberwolves have always been, so there's no real hope that while they were good five years ago, they could maybe turn it around. Um, I would say probably the Timberwolves is up there. The Wolves are the worst team in the history of the NBA. Right. <laughs> yes. They're so bad. And and every time we think they do something good, it doesn't work out. Right. It's got to be the Wolves. It's then. just hype. All right, guys. The last one. Who is the most overrated athlete of all time? Of all time? Yeah. Mm. Okay. All time most overrated athlete. Overrated. I'm going to go first with okay. mine. I feel confident about this. This is a great player a great player a hall of famer um someone who deserves the fame that they have but they have become so incredibly overrated because of where they played and maybe their their good looks and their charm that is Derek Jeter Derek Jeter Hmm. mega overrated he's not even the best shortstop of his time he has way more at bats than everybody else, which kind of inflates his stats because he plays on just some of the most stacked lineups of all time. Um, but he literally doesn't hit for power. He doesn't have very many RBIs. He's an okay base dealer. He literally is like a pretty good singles hitter on a lineup where he's always protected. His numbers are not close to a guy like A-Rod, who played at the same time, who spent a good portion of his, his career. His hitting numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not even close. He's a no, good no, no. he's a good fielder, but he's not like he's his fielding isn't like that of legend. Did he win gold gloves? I don't think so. I thought he did. I don't know. He's just he's super overrated. He's great. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm not trying to act like he's not a great player, but Derek How can Jeter, a Hall of Famer be overrated? Because everyone acts like he's the greatest shortstop of all time. No, I don't think the I captain, that. Derek Jeter, one of the the he's the is he the greatest Yankee ever? I'm like absolutely not. He's not even close. Do people say that? 
I, oh I'm, my god, he's so overrated. The gr- the greatest team of all time. People always are battling to put Derek Jeter in there. I don't Can't know. He's famous. Say, I get I get the difference between he dated fame Mariah and, Carey. He oh, he dated everybody. He lived in New York. If he would have played for the Marlins for his whole career, people would have been like, "Wow, what a great player!" He was pretty handsome too, but like, too bad he played for the Marlins, and that would be it. I think it was. I think you're giving him. A, I think you're being a little harsh. He also played in like one of the most hitter friendly parks. That was three fourteen to right. Well, eventually he did, but not the not the original Yankee Stadium. He is mega overrated. I have another one as a backup. I think, I think you're being a little harsh only because I feel like the pressure of playing for the Yankees and, and hitting like 300 pretty consistently for like 15 years and playing shortstop is extremely difficult. I think the degree of difficulty is something that you're not really considering uh, for him because like being the number two hitter in that lineup, you have to produce. Like they weren't just going to bat him there because if he was hitting like 210, like he still was consistent enough to get on base he still scored runs he still was a pretty good defensive shortstop i don't think he's the greatest shortstop of all time anywhere close thank but you but i but i think i think you're agreed being, i think you're being a little harsh i think we agree all right what's yours <laughs> um i'm gonna say wilt chamberlain really he played in like 1950 when he was the tallest guy and all the other white dudes like couldn't jump or do anything. So of course he scored a hundred points in a game. Yeah. All the beer truck drivers like would retired after yeah. work and then it's either him or abused. him or Joe Namath. Oh, Joe Namath was like 19 and 30 as a starting QB, but he won the <laughs> Super Bowl once and he's a household name. There's no reason I should know his name. Broadway exactly. Joe. That's a good. That's a very good point. Remember yeah. when he was like hammered on the sidelines of Monday Night Football? He tried to kiss Susie Calvert. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. What? Can I kiss Whoa. you right now? Yeah, dude. On oh, TV. He asked for on consent. Monday Night Football. That's nah. ahead of his no, time. Actually, I think he said, "I want to kiss you right now." Okay. <laughs> Not good. All right, Jim, you got one. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm over Conor McGregor. It just in general. I don't know. Maybe he is that fucking good, but. I'm really sick of him. He's really good when they pick all the matchups for him. Exactly. And he so gets I think to fight guys who want to like stand up overrated. and get their head kicked off. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is hard for me. My I other think. my other one would have been Emmett Smith. Another true Grady all-time leading rusher in the history of the NFL. Literally, dude was just running through the most open holes that have ever existed in the NFL. How many, was, how many yards could you have averaged with those holes? With the Cowboys O-line? 20 yeah. yards. A game. <laughs> 20 a game. Okay. I, they they no, were on a different level. He li- they literally just run. He would just cut one time through a hole that you could just drive a car through. No one would even touch him. They would be at the second level hitting linebackers. By the time he Did was, you ever play running back? No. Okay. Literally, he is just running through holes. So that, you like, have just, no frame of reference whatsoever. <laughs> no. <none>. Donnie? <laughs> he's, he's literally... He's running through holes that are just massive. Um... That whole Cowboys team, which is which, what's so crazy about it is, is that um, the credit always goes to um, Aikman, Irvin, and Harper. Sanders. Oh, I'm, I mean Smith. I mean okay. the three of them on the offense. But I really think that their their line, their D line, their O line, their D backs, Leon Lett, baby. Yeah, I mean they were so loaded everywhere on those teams. Larry Allen, you know, like they were just they had Pro Bowlers all they over the place. They were bullying. They were bullying. And I think that that. It ended up making good players, Aikman, Smith, and Irvin, great into Hall of Fame yeah, players, yeah. and I think that they were all a little overrated. Yeah, Aikman is like Brad Johnson playing for the best team in the league. 
Sure. <laughs> but he, I mean, but he still had to make throws. Like he still made like oh for sure incredible he's, throw. He's a, he's a really good player, and he's like probably wouldn't have been a Hall of Famer on a yeah. different team. My other one was I was thinking like Barry Sanders, because his teams never really did anything, like in the in the playoffs or whatever. But I'm like then I thought like the only reason that the Lions were even remotely competitive mm. is Barry Sanders. Yeah, so, the okay. only reason. Yeah. Anyway. All right, guys, that is all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. Tune into our other episodes later this week. Can't wait to get there. Are you uh, renaming you the guys. Purple Pride to something else? Just the Purple Podcast. When, okay, they, lose. when they lose, it's the Purple the, Podcast. The Purple Tolerance. Purple Pride. You guys remember that? Yeah. Red McCombs? Mm-hmm. Purple Pride. He would always say that. He was a weird Texan who owned the team. All right, guys, that is all the time we have here on the Nordies Podcast. We'll be back with you guys later this week. Thank you. Thank you.